0: The AppGuy podcast is brought to you by GummyCube, big data analytics from the app stores. To get accurate mobile data, go to GummyCube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-Cube, C-U-B-E.com, GummyCube.com. And thanks very much to GummyCube for sponsoring this episode. So this is the opportunity I have to thank my sponsor, AppTentive. Now, AppTentive, if you go to their website, it's AppTentive.com forward slash AppGuy. You'll be able to get a free mobile consultation, but also they'll probably send you an ebook that has 55 pages and actually has never seen before data from their AppTentive 2015 consumer survey. It's really everything you need to know about App Store ratings and reviews. Now, we know that ratings and reviews climb you up the charts. And in fact, I've seen from the podcast, it doesn't take that many ratings or reviews of five star. To get you uh, higher up in the charts. The same as for apps. So you need to know about app store ratings and reviews. Go and check out their book. It's an ebook. As I say, go to aptentive.com forward slash app guy, forward slash app guy. Sign up for the free mobile consultation and get the ebook as well if you request that. It's also on their site if you just search around. Uh, have a look, it's great. Thanks very much to Aptentive for being such a great, continued sponsor of this show. B7 Dev. That's b7dev.com. App design and development may make your app idea become a reality. The founder, called Haim, is a very good friend of mine, so make sure that you mention my name when you reach out to them. Thanks very much to B7Dev. And by Numob, N-E-U-M-O-B. Numob are the leaders in app acceleration for Android and iOS. They've created a solution that speeds up the load times and performance of your mobile apps by 2 to 10 times. Go to numob.com, that's N-E-U-M-O-B.com.
1: Hi, I'm Matthew Regalot, co-founder and CEO of Haibu and this is the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy
0: Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. This is your host. It's Paul Kemp. This is the show where we do like to try and figure out the journeys of other entrepreneurs, business owners, startup founders, because it helps us in our journeys. And today I've got a podcaster, uh, the host of Excellence Expected. If you go to excellence-expected.com, you'll see that it's run by Mark Asquith and we're going to learn from him what, what uh, all the wonderful content he can Teach us. So Mark, welcome to the App Guy Podcast.
1: Paul, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So Mark, you
0: are the host. Tell us about your podcast you've been running for all these years and tell us who it's aimed for.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So excellence I expected is kind of a well, you know what it's like being a, a showrunner yourself. It's sort of a labour of love intended to help. Small business owners define, challenge, and conquer specific problems that that well everybody in this space tends to come across. So, you know, we live we live really kind of stressful, busy lives. You know, we're pretty hard on ourselves and Really, what I aim to do is just take one problem apart every single episode and just provide some actionable tips to help people overcome that challenge. So it's yeah, it's it's aimed at guys like you and I and guys like your listeners who want to just achieve a little bit more excellence without really, really, really being too hard on themselves. It's just helping us helping us all live a, a little bit of a better life, hopefully.
0: Yeah, because to you, what is the roller coaster journey that business owners go on? There is like what you term as like regular sort of people burning out and. What, um, are the signs of burning out?
1: Do you know, you see, you know, and again, you sort of, you sort of live in this yourself and it's, it's a very much a massive emotional roller coaster from the, 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 huge, huge highs of whatever it is, whether it's winning a contract or just seeing your user base go up. And, you know, you know, sort of if you're, if you're particularly an app entrepreneur, getting the, the, the fabled hockey stick growth on, on, on the growth graph. And yeah, you know, it's a massive high and. We also just experience these, just, these huge lows as well, you know. So maybe, for example, coming off the back of a, a period of growth and just somehow the growth stops, you plateau, maybe things start to drop a little bit. You know, that can take you from being really, really high to being just so, so low and not, not knowing what to do and not knowing where to, where to turn, really. And for me, that's where, where people do tend to end up kind of burning out because they, and certainly I've been in this position, we all tend to focus on the things that we believe need to happen. So what I mean by that is we... We'll pound the keyboard. We'll sit there at the desk. We'll work and work and work, believing that more hours that we put in will result in a different result, in a better result. And you know that that really, for me, is the root cause of all burnout because we stop focusing on what's important and we focus on basically just putting a bandaid over things and trying to figure out what's gone wrong without actually looking for it. And you know that leads to so many different symptoms of burnout. You know there's, there are so many that I could go through, but the ones that particularly affected me a few years ago were just a real kind of edge of depression, if you like, you know, so so not feeling like I was being productive and needing to feel like I had to try and be productive all of the time, which led then to the point where you just can't face things. You just, you you know, a problem comes up and you just physically and emotionally can't deal with this problem because you are so focused on trying to whatever, increased the turnover, increase the sales, increase, increase the user growth, and you, you just become emotionally barren. You know, you become very tired, you become very lethargic, you become unwell. I, I had a, um, it manifested on me, I had a, a huge rash appear on my arm, which I'd never had before. And there's so many different symptoms, and it affects different people in different ways, but certainly the common traits of just, just basically being emotionally drained and not being able to deal with anything, it's, it's really destructive. And the sad thing is, we're taught as entrepreneurs, especially tech startups, we're taught that that's all right. We're taught that we should be pounding the keyboard at 2 a.m. because that's what a startup does. And it's, it's, just, it's just not the way that I personally I believe that you need to grow a business. And it, it does have such a destructive effect on your family life, on your, you know, on, on your marriage, on your relationships, on your friendships. So it's really about just being clear. What do I want to achieve? What do I need to assess? And where can I put the effort that I've got to have the most results the most benefit on the business so that I'm not getting burnt out and that you know it's a real challenge for everyone I, I truly believe
0: that yeah it's a great topic because living life uh, as a, the freedom that we have being entrepreneurs especially like a life as an app entrepreneur it is highly competitive and i'm sure there's a lot of people here that are definitely uh, showing signs of you know wear and tear <laughs> with their body and their mm-hmm. mind and uh, what what does it feel like then to have like a lot of people that you've helped out, maybe you know, leave a corporate environment, turn to this life as an entrepreneur, or even pick up on the show, seeing the signs of burnout and changing their lifestyle. It must you must affect a lot of people? How does it feel?
1: Do you know? It's kind of weird, actually. Paul, I'm I'm sort of you know, I'm a I'm a guy from Barnsley, which is this really random mining town in the UK, and it, it feels as it feels as if, and this is kind of classic imposter syndrome. It feels as if I, I have no right to put content out there that helps people like it feels as if i'm going to get found out so for example the download on my on my website is the 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact and that's a real workbook that i've put together based on on my own burnout and it's really it's really fulfilling when you get an email back from someone saying do you know what just this one paragraph or this one line or this one tip or this one takeaway has just solved this problem for me and I get it from all over the world you know you get people saying this was just the right thing at the right time and i been be completely honest with you it blows my mind it, it, it amazes me that everything that I thought was just in my head can actually be helping people and you know I think any entrepreneur has that kind of realization at some point whether you are an app entrepreneur and you've had an idea to solve a problem using an app or whether you're an entrepreneur in a bricks and mortar business, but you you know you're helping a community with a service that community needs. You know it's amazing the moment people start saying, "Here are the results that you've given me," and it just it feels fantastic because it it kind of validates that you, to some degree, actually know what you're talking about. Which is you know that that's the ultimate validation for any entrepreneur because we are, frankly, we are all a little bit narcissistic. We we thrive off the pat on the back. So it's, you know, it just
0: works really well all around. You know, I know Barnsley very well. I'm going to do a world exclusive. This has never been revealed in all the episodes of this show. So why not? I know Barnsley really well because I used to work for British Coal. And uh, after uni, I went to uni at Sheffield and then had a year out. Uh, from the business uh, degree that I was doing to work for British Coal Enterprise, which is in a small town called Edwinstow, which is not too far from Barnsley, but it was a full mining town. It just shows me, here I am, podcasting, building apps, doing launches, helping app entrepreneurs on product hunt, uh, living a life as a digital nomad kind of thing, working in Bali. I would never have dreamed of that. You know, with my first job there at British Coal,
1: <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing, and you know, it's, it's that's one of the things I talk about um, quite often. Is that the, the whole idea that you know I'm from Barnsley, and it was, you say, it was a mining town. It was very much decimated when the mining industry just took its hit in the late '80s, early '90s. You know, I remember that really well. I remember the miners' strike in the early '80s. You know, relatively well as as a five year old kid, and it's kind of a weird scenario to be in at the minute because I'm I'm sort of the on the older end of a generation that had to transition out of Barnsley being that kind of town into it being a town of creative and digital industry. And it's a really, it's really encouraging to hear you say, look, you know, here I am working at British Coal and, you know, look look where I end up doing what I'm doing. And it's, that's the one thing that I would say to anyone, any entrepreneur, whether it's an app entrepreneur, or whether it's a a kid in school with the first e-commerce idea, just because people around you don't believe that the place that you're from can generate that kind of income or that kind of revenue or that kind of opportunity, you know, that shouldn't be believed. You you genuinely can do whatever you want to do. I love that because I say on this show all the time,
0: you don't have to be based in Silicon Valley to get into the business, to get into tech. I mean, it's handy, but you can still do it. And like, you know, you from Barnsley and it's just, it's possible. So, what would you say then to anyone who's perhaps listening to this, sitting on the fence, thinking, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm tempted for this lifestyle as a digital entrepreneur. In your mind, Mark, is it worth it?
1: Yes, I think it's worth it. And it depends what you want from it. So the, the, the podcast I've got, Excellence Expected, is the reason that it's called Excellence Expected is because every entrepreneur expects themselves to be the best. And when we're not the best, we beat ourselves up. And the reason that I mentioned that is because that question is something that you have to ask yourself. If I truly leave this position I have now, this corporate environmental position to become a digital entrepreneur, have I truly got the motivation to be excellent at this, to actually strive and build and create? And just when things get tough, have I got the grit and mentality to be able to get through that? And if the answer's yes, fantastic. If the answer's no, which is fine because so many people just don't, frankly, just don't want the stress. And I understand that completely that doesn't mean that you, that you you can't be a digital entrepreneur. That's the beauty of the digital age. You can build a side project. You can build something whilst you're working what you're working right now. There's no reason that you can't be a digital entrepreneur. And for me, that's why the barrier to entry for anyone wanting to start a business has just never been lower because you don't have to make the jump immediately. You can test and test and test. You know, if you look at kind of the, the, the old classic lean startup model, you know, it's all about experimentation. It's all about, series of tests and validation so validate things before you build validate things before you quit your corporate job so yeah the short answer is yes anyone can do it and everyone who wants to do it should do it but you know it's not quite as black and white as i'm going to leave this to do this you know i think there are certain elements of grayness in there as well so i have a highly relevant sponsor for this show it's called gummy cube
0: that's dot com. gummy cube and They are the world's best experts when it comes to app store optimization. Now, what they can do is help you answer these questions. What are the best keywords to target for your app? What's the best name for your app? What's the best description? You see, Apple and Google use those details to rank your app. So you need to be thinking about them. You need to be A-B split testing them and, and just doing a lot of work with app store optimization. So to take the headache away from you, Just go and use the world's best experts in app store optimization. That's Gummy Cube. So I want to thank Gummy Cube for being an awesome sponsor and just remind you that you can go to www.gummycube.com and go and check out what they can do for you. Thanks very much for supporting the show. So I want to thank my sponsor, Apptentive. They have a great tool which provides in-app surveys. So you get to ask your customers how they feel. Why do they feel the way they do about your app? Maybe you want to ask, do they think your app is above expectations or it's met expectations or even below expectations? You need to find this stuff out, find out how they feel. So it's really easy to implement in your app. And, and you get these surveys, which we all know how important feedback is. We need to get feedback to help improve the app, continue modifying it, enhancing it. And AppTentive enable you to do this in a very easy way. So to get your free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. It's really important that you do the forward slash app guy because you'll get the free consultation. So aptentive.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much to Aptentive. They are incredibly supportive for this show and go and send them some love. Thank you so much. So, hey, Mark, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. One is that there's many people listening to this who actually don't know what a digital entrepreneur does on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's hard to predict when you're kind of stuck in some, you know, corporate environment. I wondered if you are able to go through like a typical day with us, give us, um, you know, a sense of what it is you get up to and uh, the achievements that you have through the day and just try and flesh out what, what it feels like to live your life for a day.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the one thing that I would, I would say as a precursor to that is the only thing a digital entrepreneur needs to do every single day is identify the things that matter and do those things that day because it's very easy to get. I mean, there's a, there's a reason that we are digital entrepreneurs. It's because we have an interest in digital. There's a point where doing the interesting thing stops making you money and you've got to do the important thing, which might not be as interesting. So that's just a little precursor. But yeah, my day generally looks like um, like this. So I, I tend to just get up maybe between half five and half past six on the morning, um, try and get a little bit of exercise in if I can, depending on the weather, depending on the mood and depending on what's coming up. But the real thing that I I do do is I always start my day off with a little bit of focus. So what's coming up that day? What matters? If I just had one thing to achieve that day, what would that be? And I structure my day personally. So I know that me as a person, I'm more productive in the morning. So if I'm in the studio at 7am and I can work until 11am, that's my most productive time. So I get all of that good stuff done in that time. What I then do is... I tend to just do a bit of a round robin, a bit of a catch up with anyone else that I need to catch up on. So I'll tend to do meetings, phone calls. I'll tend to do peer reviews or focus groups or, you know, user conversations, customer conversations, tend to do those in the afternoon. And then the evening up until maybe six, seven o'clock, I do one of two things. I either do something interesting. So I do something that's fun for me. So work on the podcast or work on a side project, or I do transatlantic phone calls with customers because of the time difference. And although that's not as specific as it could be, it's quite challenging because each day genuinely is different. But the the one thing that I would say is is what I said just before that, that sort of segment. If you're a digital entrepreneur, you've got to figure out, today, what can I do to hit the goal that I want to achieve? So whatever your KPI is, whatever your metric in your business is, whatever the single most important one of those is, whether it's revenue, whether it's user growth, whether it's user retention, whether it's stopping attrition, whatever that is, figure out what that one metric is. And every single day, make sure you do something that benefits that metric. So
0: yeah, I hope that answers the question. It does. Actually, that's a genius kind of answer because we often get sidetracked. I mean, I'm completely to blame at this as well. It's just there's too many shiny things to go after, and uh, <laughs> especially um, you know, and you're having a lot of fun doing it. It can be quite easy to put off those things that are perhaps the most important. So focus is what you're saying, and is actually one of the big themes from this show. Yes, uh,
1: definitely. And I think one of the, the the biggest misconceptions in in any entrepreneur's life, whether it's digital or otherwise, I think is that. It's a one-size-fits-all for everyone. You know, if you, if you read the books, all of the inspirational, actional books out there, whether it's a productivity book, so whether it's The One Thing by Gary Keller, whether it's something like Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker, you no, know, whatever that is, they're all giving little tidbits of advice. And, you know, things like the 4-Hour Work Week are a kind of classic example. But they're all giving advice from the perspective of someone that that system worked for. So it's all about finding your groove. It's all about saying that, look, if I focus better at 11 p.m. at night, it, do you know what? I'm actually not going to work during the day. That's going to be my family time. And it's just about finding what works for you and then just figuring out what matters to the business. Put the two together and, and, and you honestly can't go wrong.
0: Okay, well, given that the follow-on question Ed, is, what is the single most important thing you do in your business, your metric, your measure? Because that could give us a guide on what we should focus on.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. and And it sounds a bit of an obvious answer, but it's one that I think people sometimes skirt around. And it's genuinely... And this sounds so simple. It's just profitability, pure profit. So we don't chase turnover. We don't chase app downloads. We don't chase website traffic unless we can map the entire funnel out to say that if we get an extra 10,000 visitors to the website, it's going to result in an extra, whatever, three, four grand a day of revenue. We don't, you know, we don't ever look at anything else other than that. So what we do is we start at the bottom. We, we want this month to make X amount of profit let's go right back to the top of the funnel, let's like analyze every single drop-off point throughout the sales process, throughout throughout whatever the, the, the revenue generation process is, and then we identify each particular point of friction and, and attribute a percentage drop-off to that. And then all we do then is we, we flip it on its head and say, okay, listen, guys, this is the number that we've got to put into the top to hit this single profitability target. And it does sound really obvious, but the reason that I mentioned that and the reason that it, it is so rudimentary as a digital entrepreneur, it's really easy to get stuck on vanity, vanity metrics. You can very easily get stuck on app downloads. You can very easily get stuck on um, app activations or time on site or bounce rate. Or you know, You can get stuck on all of these different things. But actually, unless it's converting to the thing that you want, none of those other things matter. So we focus on profitability. And then just as kind of a little follow-on answer to that one, the one thing that I would say is, especially from an app perspective – just build in as many measurements as you can so that you can measure the drop-off. So, for example, one of the most recent apps that we put out, we built a flagging system right through the entire process. So we were able to track how many people went straight from download through to registration via email or registration via Facebook through to submitting the first piece of info that we asked for through to asking for a job, through to actually getting a job price back and not accepting the job. So, you know, try and get these flags into every single step of the process. Because then you can work back up the funnel and realise what that number is at the top that you need to put in to get the metric out the bottom. That is fascinating, genius, absolutely genius. Um, I mean, you are.
0: Would you be able to mention the app you've just uh, talked about that you've just got out?
1: Yes, I can mention it actually. Um, so it's Cavalry, uh, C A V A L R Y, which is uh, an on-demand roadside assistance platform. Uh, so it's Cavalry, and it's based in the UK. And we we measure. We're, we're at a startup stage in this. This is a a very mvp-based app so what we do is we measure the entire onboarding process so that we can we can optimize every day okay what is going on with this what are people doing if they don't register why don't they register if they don't submit a job to us why don't they submit a job so yes it becomes really interesting we're also doing that for another startup because one thing i do want to mention although this is a you know it's very much an app related project what i would say to people is that and this speaks to the question can people do this should people become a digital entrepreneur the answer is yes, but you don't need to build an app. You don't need to build anything. So we've got a service called Pip, which is P-I-P, um, and if you go to Allow Pip, which is A-W-L-O-W-P-I-P dot Allow Pip, that is um, a startup experiment that is done using pure SMS and Slack integration. We had the idea on a Sunday night, and by Tuesday we had the MVP up ready, and people were using it and transacting on it. So that that's something I forgot to mention earlier. Don't feel Like, you can't make the jump to being a digital entrepreneur just because you don't have the time to build something. Just actually think, what's the minimum thing that I need from customers? And what can I use to get that minimum thing to prove my concept? And with PIP, it's just a text, it's an SMS. Wow. So that's 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 a really strong piece of advice I'd say you know don't jump to build because you will build something that no one wants you need to understand the customer first
0: yeah that's absolutely imperative because we all think that everyone lives like we do in this like you know digital age and they have 101 apps on their phone but actually in reality there's a, a huge wave of people that are still sending sms's and uh, you know living i guess 10 years behind what what sort of the level we are in, in our digital life and journey um, yeah,
1: definitely, and it's do you know it's a uh, just again I know we're sort of uh, time on time on that, but just to to speak to that one other final sort of parting shot on that would be just if you're going to spend a little bit of money, don't spend it on building something, spend it on validating something. So get some Facebook ads and just just look at what people want. The single most important thing you can do is ask people to pay for something or submit some data to you before there's even a product there, because if someone's willing to give you five pound, ten pound, fifty pound, hundred pound or even just an email address to say, yes, let me know when this is ready, before you've built anything, then you can be pretty sure that they actually want it because people won't part with money. You know, that's why Kickstarter exists. You can you can very easily do a webinar, get 100 people on there and generate 500 quid just for a, you know, if you give me five pounds, it will enable me to invest in the app and you will get the app when it's live. And, you know, there's so many examples online of, of how that's worked. So. Just think of it laterally as well. You know, don't think build and sell. Think validate, then build and then sell. You know, that one piece of advice could save people tens
0: of thousands, in fact, hundreds of thousands. We've had people on this show uh, that have lost a lot of money building an app (laughs) that they think the world does, that want, uh, they feel that the world wants. And of course, you know, when it comes down to it, it's then more money is spent in pushing that. App idea onto the world, and actually, then they come to the realization that that perhaps is the wrong way of doing it.
1: So, uh, yeah, it's a big challenge. It it really is a big challenge. Just use Zapier, z uh, z or z a p i e r dot com. Get a free trial of Zapier for fourteen days and mimic how you believe the app will work. So, use something like that. We use Twilio for the SMS. We use Zapier to integrate with Google Calendar and Slack, and we've effectively got an app without building an app. All of the process is done for us. So use Zapier, you know, chain, rather than building something, chain together services that already exist to give you a minimum viable product. It's it's a really powerful way of doing
0: it. Sounds great. Well, there's going to be a link to that and a link to you and the other stuff that you've mentioned, Mark, at theappguy.co. So just go to theappguy.co and search for episode 444 with Mark Asquith. But in the meantime, Mark, what's the best way of getting in touch with you and, and the stuff that you offer?
1: Well, thanks for asking, Paul. Yeah, it's, and it's been a real pleasure to chat as well. It's, uh, you're, you're a fantastic host, so thank you. And the best place is everything that I do is just the, the hub of everything for me is excellence-expected.com. There are plenty of other websites that I'm involved in, but that's my hub for everything. And if, if you guys want examples, if you want any kind of help or any links to anything that, that I might not have mentioned, any ideas or any, any feedback, just get in touch on the contact form. So that's excellence-expected.com.
0: Mark, it's been a truly inspired show, one of a unique kind. And so I'm really grateful that you spent the time coming on. And thanks very much for for doing it.
1: Thank you, Paul. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Also remember that this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They have the Intelligent Ratings Reviews widget. And you need to use this to get higher up the charts and get better reviews going onto your review page. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash guy, all over case. And thank you, aptentive for continuing to support the show. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube are a big data company that are collecting data into Data Cube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to Gummy Cube. They're just such a great supporter of this show.